Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football, and today, basketball. This is a special episode. This is our first official basketball-themed episode. We have gotten a lot of requests for this on social media, on our Twitter, Gate7INTL, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit are also Gate7INTL. People have been clamoring for basketball content. So we decided to give the people what they want, and we are going to discuss Olympiakos BC today. My name is Peter Thompson. I'm here with my co-host Lambro Sirmos and Costa Levo Yanis. We don't have Adi with us today. Don't be surprised if he's not here for the basketball episodes, but we do have a special guest today, and that is Manoli. He writes for Red Point Guard and Olympiakos basketball blog. You can find him on Twitter. I believe his at is Manolo77. Manoli, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Thanks for the invitation, uh, guys. It's my pleasure uh, to be at your show, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Great. I'm looking forward to it as well, and uh, we'll do some housekeeping, some, some podcast news, and then we'll get right into it before we do move on to basketball. Uh, we do want to remind everyone that we do have a football podcast this weekend featuring former Olympiakos player and Swedish international Par Zetterberg. We are very excited for this one. Send us questions, Gate7INTL, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit if you would like to ask Par something. He had some very memorable moments with the team quite some time ago, and we are very excited to have him on the pod and interview him. The episode will be out on Monday, January 25th. On February 1st, we will be joined by the president of the Olympiakos Washington, D.C. soccer school, Harry Kara-George. We would like to congratulate Harry and the entire team out there on their acceptance into the United Premier Soccer League. So potentially we could see American talent leaking into Olympiakos in Greece with these connections. We are really excited to have Harry on and talk to him about the developments with that team. We have one more special guest coming up on February 17th when we will be joined by the PSV podcast. We will be joined by them to discuss Olympiakos' upcoming Europa League tie with PSV. And we will discuss pre-match for the first leg of that round of 32 tie. We would also like to say thank you to our sponsor, Piraeus International Incorporated. Piraeus International has been importing and exporting cargo for companies and individuals for over 40 years. They can assist you in importing olive oil, marble, or any other goodies from Greece. They can also assist in exporting, whether you have one box or a full household of items that need to be sent over. Check them out at PiraeusINTL.com or give them a call at 410-675-4696. Now that that's out of the way, Manoli, I just want to ask you, first of all, um, how did you get into basketball? I'm assuming you've been an Olympiakos fan for a long time. And then additionally, how did you get into uh, blogging with Red Point Guard? Um, I am 43 years old, so uh, my memories and uh, my connection uh, with basketball is uh, from the mid-80s, let's say, uh, by watching uh, the national team of Greece uh, winning uh, the gold medal in Eurobasket. Uh, watching uh, the big team of Ari Salonika um, having success uh, uh, in the European Cup, uh, reaching uh, the Final Four. Um, 
those were uh, tough uh, years uh, for Olympiacos. Um, um, you know, the whole uh, level at uh, Greek basket was not so high uh, for other teams uh, besides uh, the two of Salonika. Um, I recall, uh, for example, uh, a lost uh, cup final back at uh, 1987 against Panathinaikos at Peace and Friendship Stadium. Um, the team uh, was not uh, uh, so strong. Uh, it's uh, good years were uh, during the late uh, 70s uh, when uh, it managed to win uh, some uh, championships uh, with Steve Yadzoglu as a leader. Um, the main um, the thing that changed the, the team's history was uh, the hiring of uh, Yanis Ioannidis from Aris and uh, also the signing of Zarko Paspalje. Uh, those two persons changed uh, the team's history uh, and made it competitive from uh, the first uh, step. From the second year, we won uh, the Greek Championship and uh, we made it then uh, five in a row. Uh, so, when I was a teenager at this time, apart from uh, the football team uh, which had its stone years, we had another team to be proud of it. So, uh, my bounding with uh, Olympiakos BC is uh, very strong. And I have been following the team uh, all these years. I think it's great that you started talking about the history and um, when Greece won the European Championship in 1987, I was one. Uh, I was one, yeah. So I was born in 1986, so I can't really <laughs> say I remember watching that game. But I, you know, it's certainly something that I know, you know, I, I it's, it's, um, it's one of the proudest moments in, in Greek sporting history, not just basketball. And this, um, this group of players in 1987, uh, Fasulas, Yanakis and, and Nikos Galis, uh, who is mainly the, the reference point for that, for that team, they inspired uh, another golden generation of basketball players uh, along the way, and I think the the main the main people that we might think of are Vasilis Panoulis on the one hand, and Dimitris Diamandidis on the other hand. Uh, Spanoulis being a player, obviously, who uh, began his career at Marusi, then made a name for himself at Panathinaikos, and then later took that decision to come and join. Olympiacos and, and uh, he contributed to, to changing our fortunes uh, after the turn of the century and, and the rest is, is history, as we say. But I think it's just interesting to, um, to touch a little bit more on some historical elements for some of the listeners that might not be as, as familiar with, um, you know, Greek basketball, let's say. Um, Greeks or Greek clubs have really been giants in European competitions in the last uh, 10, 20 years, I would say, between Olympiakos and Panathinaikos. I think there are nine European championships that, that both teams have won. Uh, in total, Panathinaikos has, has six, uh, but we, we have three and uh, most recently, the the club Olympiakos won the championship in the 
2013 season against Real Madrid in London. I was lucky enough to be at that game in my home city and the season before that in 2011-2012 in Istanbul where we beat CSK Moscow of Russia 62-61 which quite possibly uh, represents the most epic comeback in European basketball history. Olympiagos being down in the third quarter 20 points and 13 points at the end of the third quarter going into the final uh, the final quarter of the game and of course uh, Jorgos Prides is winning the game in the last second with that petachtari floater mm-hmm. and um, that's a game that we will never forget and and of course then winning back-to-back uh, beating Madrid the next season Olympiacos is only one of two teams that have won back-to-back European championships. The other team, if I'm not mistaken, is called Yugo Plastica. It's a team that I don't think exists anymore. So um, Olympiacos fans have certainly a lot to boast about in terms of our successes over the years. Uh, we've been regulars in, uh, in Final Fours and in playoffs. However, the last two seasons have uh, have been quite complex. There's been a transition from um, coach Feropoulos to, to David Blatt, uh, US, uh, an American coach who came in a couple of seasons ago with a rich background. He was formerly the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers, so he had LeBron James uh, on his team. Um, the team lost a little bit of its never say die mentality it seems the last couple of seasons Uh, but uh, things seem to be picking up a little bit again now with the return of Yorgos Barzokas at the end of last season Yorgos Barzokas for those that don't know is uh, the coach that led us to the uh, championship in 2012 against Madrid in London he's the only Greek coach to ever win a, uh, a European Championship. So that's uh, that brings us to today. Yeah, it'd be interesting, Manoli, to get your thoughts on on this. Um, you know, the, these these last couple of years since uh, since the successes of 2013. Uh, how do you how do you see the team's evolution and the the recent transition and the difficulties we have? Do you do you think we can ever? go back to having Greek basketball teams coming back to the, the top of European uh, European basketball? Just for the record, to say that once you mentioned also David Blatt, that also Maccabi has won back-to-back titles in EuroLeague in 2004 and 2005 for our Israeli fans. Um, now, about Olympiakos. Maybe better Olympiakos in Greek should have also Greek audience. Um, uh, the truth is that uh, after um, Spanulis came to the team, uh, the mentality, uh, also having uh, Dusan Ivkovic uh, at the bench of the team, um, uh, changed uh, a winning culture, if I can use this term, um, came to the team. Um, and uh, after the first season uh, that uh, Bill came to the team, if you remember, uh, the budget uh, uh, dropped uh, dramatically. Uh, the front office of the team uh, decided uh, uh, to support uh, the Greek um, 
part of the team by giving time to Panikolaou, Pridesis, uh, and um, they decided not to spend uh, so much money to foreign players. You remember Josh Childress uh, being in the team, Linas Kleza, who had uh, very uh, expensive uh, salaries. And uh, I would say this was uh, a restart uh, for the team. Um, and uh, although the team uh, did not uh, start uh, the, this season 2011-2012 uh, uh, as a favorite, and uh, if you recall, um, we just qualified uh, from the first round because it was a different format uh, then uh, at the last game. So yeah, the Vienna. team. Uh, it was Siena that year that we beat to uh, get to the. And at the playoffs, but uh, at the yeah. first stage, it was uh, against Galatasaray, the first game, yeah. I think, and, uh, and the Le Mans. Uh, but, okay, uh, the team uh, in this season, as an underdog, um, used to build confidence game by game, if you remember. And uh, in this series against Siena, uh, we saw, until then, of course, the peak of the team. And uh, everyone of our fans, uh, we dreamed that uh, the team uh, was uh, going to the right path. And as you said, uh, during this final four, the dream came true. Um, the winning of this uh, title is something that uh, you cannot describe uh, in words, it's just uh, in, your, in our minds. And uh, as I say with uh, our friends, it somehow erased uh, the lost final against Badalona, you might remember it in 1994, which uh, we had uh, bad memories from it. So um, the next years after this uh, European Championships were uh, another golden era, let's say, for Olympiacos. Uh, we won uh, the back-to-back -back titles, uh, uh, the second one, uh, as you said, uh, at London. Uh, a great performance uh, in the final, beating uh, a great uh, Real Madrid uh, side uh, by scoring 100 points. Okay, this is uh, very difficult. And um, the team uh, was for many years uh, uh, among uh, the best uh, sides of Europe, reaching final fours, uh, being, uh, let's say, um, the dark horse every time uh, to win the title. Um, we were also unlucky that uh, we had to face uh, the favorite teams uh, the, uh, the other years, uh, like uh, Real Madrid again and Fenerbahce at their home courts. Uh, we also had injuries, but um, if you consider the level uh, of difficulty of the competition, which every year was uh, even um, higher, you cannot uh, say that uh, this team was not successful for not winning uh, those titles. Uh, this decade was um, a very successful one uh, for our team. And uh, if we exclude uh, the last uh, two years that uh, were followed also by financial uh, problems, because as we all know, the situation, uh, especially in European basketball, because there are not so many sources of uh, uh, financial uh, aid apart uh, from sponsors or uh, um, other sources. Because also the TV license uh, 
amounts uh, are not so high like in the USA or uh, so as we say for one to spend money in European basketball must be either a rich man or a madman <laughs> because you spend without uh, having a return let's say no you're absolutely right um and I think I, I want to emphasize one point that you you really brought to the fore which is that the success of Olympiacos and the Greek teams in Europe in general has always been built on the back of of Greek players. You mentioned Josh Childress, who came in this season, uh, what was it, 2008-2009? That's a, right. With Linus Glazer, and he had, a, I think, a $5.6 million contract that year. And it was really, uh, on the one hand, it was a transfer that opened the floodgates for for NBA players to Europe. I really think at the time it was a first of his kind. Let's say that kind. He wasn't really a, a, a big time like player in the NBA, but it was the first time I think we saw a European club spending so much money to bring over a, an NBA player to come and play in Europe. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, that that was the Agilopoulos brothers first season in charge after taking over from uh, from Socrates Kokalis? No, no, it was, uh, they took charge, I think, uh, uh, from uh, 2005. Okay. So it okay. Was, uh, um, but it was uh, the, the second time they started to spend so, yeah. so much money. And of course, that season ended in uh, in us reaching the finals of the Euroleague and losing 86-68 to Barcelona. That hurt very much. Uh, but again, uh, the team success has been built on Greek players and that's what we've been trying to do uh, again in the, last, uh, in the last few seasons, I would say. Uh, and that is... Um, you know, also this year we see Kostas Lukas returning from from uh, from Fenerbahce mm -hmm. after six seasons, I believe. Uh, his his last season at Olympiacos was uh, right after the 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 win in the final against Madrid in 2013. So he has returned to the club at the beginning of this season, and together with Vasilis Panoulis, Kostas Papanikolaou, uh, Yorgos Pridesis. And, and others, they're trying to rebuild, uh, I would say, the same kind of uh, team with similar principles, a team that plays hard defence, uh, plays fast in transition. And essentially, I think the words that represent this team are simply, you know, never say die. And I think that's what they're, they're trying to replicate um, this season. How would you summarise things uh how are they going this year Manoli the expectations I think at the beginning of the season were really expectation from fans that we're going to get to the final eight or into the playoffs do you think it's um, a realistic objective or do you think that people got overly excited when we signed Slukas and and they they really expect something that could actually be more difficult than people appreciate the truth is that after um uh, the hiring of uh, Coach Barzokas uh, last year uh, and some good uh, games uh, during uh, the last season, which uh, did not conclude. Um, and uh, this summer, uh, after uh, 
many years that we didn't have a great signing of uh, a top uh, player. Having back Sluk as one of the top guards uh, in Europe, uh, who can contribute also in playmaking and scoring, uh, the expectations are, of course, higher than, let's say, the previous season that uh, the team, um, especially in the beginning, uh, seemed uh, to not have an identity and um, have many ups and downs. Uh, qualifying uh, for uh, the playoffs, as you say, is a realistic uh, target, I think. Uh, the team um, uh, has also this year's uh, uh, many ups and downs. Uh, if you have uh, noticed uh, in every game that we play and uh, we get a win, it's, it's a dramatic uh, night for everyone. Uh, even uh, games uh, against Alba or uh, Armani Milan that we won by 10 points uh, and more, were not easy wins. So I believe that despite that uh, the team uh, doesn't show improvement game by game and seems to be, let's say, like having balance uh, in a rope uh, in every game, this uh, also builds a team's character, I believe. So from uh, this point of view, maybe in the race of uh, playoffs, this is good for the team. On the other hand, uh, not having for the coach uh, to have a, a game plan, let's say, in his mind, we see that still um, he seems undecided about uh, some things. Uh, he tries um, to have uh, a specific rotation in his mind. He doesn't uh, try new things. Um, might be a drawback. Um, I am optimistic to tell you the truth, not only because uh, I am a fan uh, and I want the team uh, to progress, but because I believe that um, in basketball and especially in Europe, there is a process for a team uh, to succeed. You know, you can't press just a button and uh, be a champion. There are many teams uh, trying for years to conquer uh, this title and uh, they cannot uh, make it. As you said, Real Madrid uh, had uh, three Final Fours uh, unsuccessful, uh, losing uh, from Olympiacos and uh, Maccabi before uh, winning it. So if we also consider the financial uh, um, reality, I believe that uh, if it's focused in the principles that you said to have uh, good Greek players and uh, foreign players that will uh, help um, in terms that, uh, let's say, athleticism, uh, scoring and uh, rebounding, uh, the team will get better every year. So for this year, it's important to have a proper rebuild and uh, some players like Harrison, uh, Martin, to be a part of this uh, team and uh, manage to, um, to understand uh, the level of competition and become uh, uh, better players and uh, to build a chemistry also for uh, the next year. But as we can see, the team is still uh, in the race of uh, 
playoff. So I think it would be ideal if uh, we could uh, combine this progress with also a qualification to uh, playoffs because you never know what uh, can happen next. And the momentum, because basketball is a sports of momentum and uh, psychology. Yeah, I, I want to jump off on a point you mentioned about some teams spending so much money and still not going, winning the championship. For so many years, Jessica, the team in, in Russia and Moscow, have spent so much money. And the joke was they can never get over the top. Of course, two years ago, I think they won over FS. But for so many years, they were losing in a final or a final four. And everyone was saying they spent so much money and they don't get the results. So people have to realize spending money isn't always the way to get the championship. And, and, and one other point I want to jump off of watching this here is, as, as more of a fan of college basketball, of the NBA, myself, the rotation has been huge for Olympiacos this year. You see minutes where Spanulis will play a lot of minutes, 15, 20 minutes, mm. play in the fourth quarter, and then some he won't even play in the second half. Or you'll have a player start, maybe, is it... Um, Haralambopoulos, it's a difficult name even for me, uh, yeah, yeah. Start, start games and then he doesn't even play in the second half. So it's it's difficult from an American point of view. Like you have a rotation of, in the regular season, it's a little bigger, but in the playoffs you get down to like an eight-man rotation. But it has been massive this year. And I'm wondering, uh, does Coach B know what his best starting five is? Because even at the end of the game, Sometimes that is completely different, you know. Sometimes it's Fezenkov, sometimes it's Brintesis. Personally, I, I would always run out Martin as a big because I, I, I think he's quite strong and good on the boards. But it, it's been interesting to watch because it's almost like he's playing around himself trying to figure it out this year. That's true. Because, uh, as you say, the rotation uh, that uh, Coach Barzokas used is not, uh, it's not only, uh, you know, just to match up uh, with every opponent. Uh, I think because, you know, after uh, the campaign of Mechritelus uh, that uh, led Olympiakos uh, out of uh, the Greek Basket League, uh, the team uh, doesn't have uh, uh, com other competitive games than uh, those of EuroLeague. So I think that uh, also he tries to make some experiments uh, to, to see, you know, some uh, situation uh, and how people, uh, how his players uh, will react in certain uh, occasions. And uh, I think he's trying also to use uh, these competitive games, like, let's say, to practice some uh, things that he can't do it, uh, let's say, for uh, in, uh, in games uh, if we played in Greece. Uh, and I, if I could interrupt, I think some listeners may not know about could you maybe explain why Olympiakos doesn't play domestically anymore and its youth team plays in the second division? Because I don't know how well-known it is for some, some fans. Maybe it would be nice to just explain what happened yes, behind that. This is a good opportunity to say about this. Um, Olympiakos uh, had uh, for many years complaints, uh, not only about uh, the level of refereeing uh, in the Greek Basket League, but also about uh, other areas. Um, not only from the person of Mr. Vasilakopoulos, who is uh, the president uh, of the Greek uh, Basketball Federation for so many years, but also uh, from, uh, let's say, every other connection uh, to Greek basketball. 
Olympiacos, I think, uh, didn't have the respect uh, that he deserved. Uh, okay, Panathinaikos is six uh, times champions, okay, but Olympiacos is also three times champion. It's a, a big uh, European powerhouse. We have uh, most European uh, titles than Barcelona. Uh, the respect uh, uh, to this team was uh, poor. So, Olympiacos was really trying not only to make, let's say, Greek basketball better for himself, but also for other teams uh, before Mehritelus. He was asking um, uh, for many things to change in order Greek basketball to improve because, unfortunately, as you know, not only the Greek national team has declined the last few years, but also uh, the Greek league. There are many teams that uh, they don't have uh, the funds to survive, let's say. Only, you know, from the TV contract, that's uh, their sole uh, um, source of income. So Olympiacos made some suggestions which were rejected uh, by the other teams and the federation. So uh, the front office decided that to withdraw actually from the league, to have a development uh, league in the lower tier with other players, something like development team, a G League team, let's say, but in, uh, in the lower uh, level of Greek basketball. Uh, nothing has changed until now. There will be elections in a few months uh, in the Federation and we will see what will happen. Yeah, and if I could jump off, it's not... There are some good teams in the Greek Basketball League. Ike has competed at the... I guess you would describe it as almost like, for our football listeners, which I assume will have a decent amount, almost like the Europa League level. It's below the EuroLeague. I think it's even called the Champions League, if I remember. And Prometheus has always had good teams. And Aris, of course, still has good teams. And for an example, uh, the team in Rhodes signed Ty Lawson, who our American listeners probably remember first time at North Carolina, I believe it was. National he was a champion. high draft pick. So national champion at North Carolina. Yeah. So... It would be nice to watch Olympiakos playing week in and week out in these Greek games because, to be honest, the level isn't, like, terrible. It's not – I don't want to say the football level is lower but and make a comparison because that's kind of dumb. But the, the level's quite good, and it, it, I used to watch the matches as well because they were quite enjoyable to watch. I don't know what you think. It would be nice to have Olympiakos playing back in the first division if if things could change, you know. Yes, if things uh, could change, everyone uh, wants this because, as you say, Greek basketball uh, is uh, the sports of our nation somehow um, with uh, so many success. And as you say, there are uh, many good teams. Uh, Prometheus, as you say, uh, Ike also has a good team. Peristeri has made the last few years uh, an attempt uh, to improve. So. Uh, I believe that uh, if someone with a vision for the sports uh, uh, is the new president, maybe things uh, will be better and uh, our position is in Greek basketball. Let's hope that uh, we will return. But as I said, uh, with uh, respect for us, that's the, the key point. I think one other important aspect that we already touched on would be playing in the Greek league might allow for uh, some of the younger players 
to get a little bit more time uh, in games that aren't as important. Um, you know, obviously in, in the uh, EuroLeague, there is a lot of rotation, but even then uh, players like Koniadis, who had a pretty big part in last year's team, uh, has been nearly absent this year. And it's interesting to see that, you know, potentially if, if he could get fit and get in in the Greek League, that would be good for him. But now it's a question of, you know, is he going to be able to play for Olympiakos or is is his level not at the, the EuroLeague level? And it's harder to see that without the opportunity to get him fit in uh, the domestic league, which obviously we don't have right now. Yes, you're right about that. Uh, as you say, the evolution, uh, especially of Greek players, is much uh, slower if they don't compete uh, in, uh, let's say, real uh, tough games. Uh, by the way, Konyaris will be sent on loan uh, to Bradoiro in Spain uh, the next uh, few days. So he will get there playing time. Um, also, Nikolaidis is a very good prospect who could uh, also have time uh, with the team. And um, this is an important aspect uh, for Olympiakos, as you say, uh, because uh, also the team could have better chemistry and have a better rhythm also for European games. And it's hard to play one game per week or let's say two maximum. It's also because the season is very, very strange with COVID and all this stuff. It's difficult to build chemistry and have a you know, what we say in basketball, automations, um, the players to have a good communication uh, between mm -hmm. them and uh, this stuff. This can only be conquered through games. So as you say, less games mean uh, lower chemistry. Will we see that ever change where American players stay for a bit longer? Yes, this is very important. And uh, uh, a nice observ observation because uh, if you remember, uh, part of uh, the back-to-back -back players were also Americans like uh, Kyle Hines, uh, AC Law, and uh, later on uh, Matt Lojeski. So, as you say, apart from uh, the Greek players, it's important to have also uh, foreign players who are uh, at a high level but also will stay with the team because that's how uh, you build uh, chemistry and um, a competitive uh, roster. Uh, I think that some of the players that we have uh, right now, the roster, have potential uh, to be in the team uh, for the next years, like uh, Harrison, like Martin, and maybe Makisic. I think uh, those three players are... Uh, um, at a high level, they have some uh, elite elements uh, at his uh, at their um, uh, at their game. So they are, let's say, a good uh, first step to build uh, also uh, a foreign, uh, let's say, supporting cast. Manoli, I want to go back to something that Peter raised earlier about um, about young Greek talent and. Peter mentioned Adonis Konyaris, and I want to ask you about him. Um, just a, a disclaimer here. He's the cousin of my wife. Uh, <laughs> so I, 
I, I'm particularly interested in your opinion of him as a player. I also think that last season, which was a very strange, a strange season where we had an early change of coach, Blatt left, I think, after the first game of the regular season in the EuroLeague. And his, uh, his assistant, a Lithuanian coach, I, I forget his name now, uh, he, he had Adonis pretty much starting in the starting five. Uh, we, we all praised, I think, Adonis' his defending, uh, his defensive capabilities. Uh, I personally was very frustrated with him that he didn't drive into the basket enough. Um, I do remember him hit, hitting some, some clutch three-point shots in some games. But curious for your opinion on him. Um, as, as one point. Um, second to that, I, I personally think I, I look at Nikolaevis and from the little that I've seen of him, I have a feeling that he's more an Olympiakos kind of player. He plays with that, with his, with his heart on his sleeve. He has that aggression. He drives to the basket. He's, he's very long. He steals balls and he, he has lots of enthusiasm in his game. And and my last question is, is again, about young talent. We had uh, Pokushevsky on our team, on our roster the last two, three seasons, but we never really saw him. Um, why do you think that is? I mean, we see now he's been drafted to the NBA and he's getting minutes with, uh, with Oklahoma, but he didn't deserve any minutes when he was playing with us. Uh, why do you think that is? Okay. I'll uh, I'll start with uh, with Konyaris. Thank God I didn't say anything negative. <laughs> um, look, uh, <laughs> feel free, feel free. <laughs> I don't know him that well. Konyaris, uh, after his adventure uh, with Panathinaikos and uh, some health issues uh, he had, he had uh, a very good uh, spell at Pauk. And um, by watching him, I said that uh, he could be a backup uh, guard for Olbiakos. Uh, so last year, uh, I was uh, glad that uh, he came to the team. Um, as you said, uh, he could uh, help with uh, his defensive ability, with uh, his good spot shooting. And... Um, Maybe he didn't have, uh, as you said, the mentality sometimes, the disaggression. He was um, kind of afraid uh, uh, to take a shot. And he, you know, he preferred to give the ball uh, to another teammate. Um, he didn't have the nerves, let's say, to, to be a vital part of the team. He... Let's say he was uh, feeling uh, he was in his comfort zone as a backup player, that a facilitator, as we say in basketball. Um, whereas, as you say, Nikolaidis is more um, aggressive and uh, he's not. He seems to be more, um, you know, to feel the game. Uh, that's, I think, the only weakness of Konyaris. He has the tools. He has. Uh, uh, the basketball like you to have a career, but I think that something is holding him uh, in his mind. I hopefully now he's um, uh, transferred to Brado, his loan, uh, let's say, but to Bradoiro will uh, will benefit him and uh, have playing time and uh, so what he can do.
Now about Fokusevsky, oh, this is a, a matter, uh, let's say, red hot. Uh, because uh, Alexei uh, had very good games uh, with this uh, development team. He didn't take uh, many chances. Let's say not, not I, I remember him uh, with Bayern Munich uh, two years ago uh, to play. He didn't uh, have any other competitive uh, games with the team. Uh, I don't think that uh, it's proper to say that the fact that he didn't have the physical uh, tools and the athleticism uh, to compete uh, was the only factor uh, of uh, being uh, out of the team. Uh, maybe especially last year, which, um, in which the team um, clearly was uh, out of its way and uh, was on a rebuilding mode, uh, he could uh, get uh, more playing time. And... Uh, to see what he could do, at least. Because now you have uh, a player in the NBA from your team that, as you say, you haven't even seen him. Even Novitski had played in the, the second division of Germany with Wolfsburg. Okay, so now you have Pokusevski and you say from Olympiakos and you have no, no memories of him, let's say. Uh, as I see, he's doing very well. Um, he has a very versatile uh, profile. He can uh, dribble, he can shoot. He's uh, uh, a type of player with uh, great potential. So I wish him the best and uh, all in the team. I'm sure they will be very happy with his uh, progress. Hopefully the next player with uh, such talent uh, to be a part of the team, an integral part of the team, and to have him for many years. Whoever he is, anyway. And it seems like, because as you said, Pokushevsky, uh, right now, among NBA rookies or first-year players, he's currently 19th in minutes played. So that's very good. He's, as, as you said, he's off to a very good start. He's getting out on the court a lot. And, and as we said, he hadn't done so with Olympiakos. And uh, it's, it's always interesting. So um, for listeners, uh, you probably know that I'm not Greek. Uh, and I do follow Olympiakos uh, football very closely. I don't follow Olympiakos basketball very closely, but you know, I've, I've been a basketball fan for as long as I can remember uh, in America. And when uh, European players get drafted, um, oftentimes, you know, they don't get a lot of experience with the first team, potentially because they sort of get taken away when they're very young. And sometimes they stay over in Europe, uh, and it, it, it sort of depends on, on the situation. But it's, it's certainly, I think, very unfortunate that Pogoshevsky didn't get a chance. And I think it once again goes back to uh, not having a domestic league to play in as well, because he was with the B team, as, as you said, but it might have been nice to see him get you know, more competition against, uh, against better yeah. teams. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, Peter, if you allow me, uh, there is another thing uh, to understand because uh, European culture and especially Greek culture about sports is very different from uh, the US. Here, if you win, you're a king. If you lose, you're nothing. So, uh, fans and everyone expects uh, from the team to win. 
and uh, also coaches have this burden. It's difficult in Europe to have a successful team uh, winning titles and also developing players. Real Madrid is a very good example and uh, also other teams, but uh, uh, trying to develop young players like Pokusevski and winning titles is very, very difficult in Europe. And uh, also people, and I also, I put myself in this sentence, we don't have the patience uh, for this. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, Rebuilding is a word that we don't know. <laughs> That's fair. I, I have another question for you then, Manoli. Um, and it, it might have to sort of do with uh, what you just said. Um, in the NBA, there are very many players who get drafted uh, based off of their physical attributes. You know, if they're a tall, athletic player, uh, sort of like, you know, Atatokounmpo, when he was, he was picked, he was, uh, you know, very, uh, he wasn't very skilled yet. You know, it took time for him to, to mm -hmm. grow. You know, he was drafted just as a, a, a skinny, you know, long-armed kid. Um, and, you know, he was, he was straight into the NBA. Would you say that in Europe, um, having, you know, the skills, whether it's shooting the ball or playing defense or, you know, playmaking, uh, would you say those things are maybe a bit more important for a player to have? And um, things like athleticism are, are maybe less important in the European game just because um, it's, it seems like in the NBA, you can just be an athletic player, you know, and not have all the skill yet and you can still get on the floor. But in Europe, maybe, would you say this is less true? As you say, this is a great example. Uh, European players uh, mostly have, as you say, skills, technique, uh, good shooting. Look at uh, look at Doncic, how he dominates with uh, this uh, style of play. Um, there is a term uh, that uh, we use in Europe and especially in Greek about thinking basketball, uh, a team to read uh, the opponents' uh, drawbacks and. Uh, exploit them, let's say, and um, trying to be very tactic-based, uh, let's say. Uh, so this is uh, an important aspect for players that um, have this uh, uh, transformation to NBA players, that they are ready in terms of tactic, as you say, and in terms of uh, having fundamentals of basketball. And uh, maybe the only thing, uh, they, they lack athleticism, as you say. And that's why most European teams uh, are asking from uh, American players, athleticism, scoring, rebounding, physical tools. It's a kind of two different worlds, let's say. M Manoli, just, I mean, talking on this point about fundamentals and in, in the European game and how different it is from from the NBA I want to ask you how do you explain the fact that the Greek national team doesn't really have a natural shooter in its in the squad I mean I'm thinking as far back as I can but in the past I think our shooter was Spanulis 
or you know when 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 the when the game was in crunch time and you were behind by two or three points and you wanted to give the ball to somebody you'd give it to Spanuli so you'd give it to the Amadidis and we've this seen is. it yeah perhaps but but if you th if I think back at the games that you know we've won again with that Greek never say die mentality with the national team I remember beating the French with the Amadidis is three point shot I remember Spanulis playing against uh, the US team um, when we beat them in the World Championships. Uh, but but you look at the team today, and we don't have that that spot up shooter, you know, shooter and full stop. I'm not saying you know somebody that can shoot off the dribble or some, you know, we just don't have it. How do you how do you explain that? Although I haven't played uh, basketball uh, to a team. From my experience and uh, from a friend's uh, experience, uh, unfortunately, the, the level of academies uh, here in Greece focus uh, more, not in fundamental, like shooting, dribbling. They focus too much in tactic, in winning the game instead of developing uh, a player and I think uh, the process of Greek basketball is not as it used to be. Um, we, as you say, we don't uh, make any more shooters, we don't make uh, any more players who can uh, play isolation like Spanulis, like Slukas. Uh, there are talents but I think that it's the whole system that uh, let's say, have a barrier in front of them. We see players that have the talent and do not progress because they don't, let's say, they are not so good in defense. They are not uh, so good in other aspects of the game. But a true, as you say, coach in an academy, in a basketball academy, should improve his uh, main advantage and try to hide the other through a team effort. It's really, it's really interesting what you say about the um, the culture in the academies, uh, because you think back to the to the youth team that won was it the European Championships maybe five or six years ago, and that was the team with Karalabopoulos and and Konyaris who who now are on the roster, and Papayanis I think was in that team as well. Papayanis who now plays for Panathinaikos was drafted in the top ten I think of the the NBA by Sacramento a couple by of years Kings, yeah. Number yes. 15, I think, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You, you think about that crop of players that won the, the youth European Championship back then and you look at where they are now and how they've developed as players and they've, they've, they've not progressed. They've rather been in regression. Uh, you, you, even if you, you talk about Adonis, Adonis is a very particular case because, uh, like you mentioned, some, some health issues uh, when he was at Panathinaikos. Uh, but Jaralabopoulos disappeared. We, at one point, I thought he retired and now he's playing for us. Uh, Papayanis lost like 50 kilos over the summer. I don't know what happened to him, but uh, it's... Um, it's it's very strange and and quite unfortunate, and I think this is um, a mentality issue that that perhaps uh, yeah really is something we need to work on in terms of education and um, and and teaching these these young players 
the basic fundamentals and and you're right i think i think we do focus a lot on tactics i remember when costas papanicolao went to went to the nba uh, was it uh, mikhail was, was his coach yeah he he was at, he was at the rockets before right you're yeah. right he he was getting minutes actually when he first moved he he was quite you know he had good solid minutes uh, maybe fi- 13 15 minutes a game then he had a horrible knee injury and then he kind of never never made his way back into the the rotation after that but i remember kevin McHale when when he was interviewed uh, and asked a question about him the the what he focused on as you know his his primary trait was his iq like basketball iq tactical <laughs> like mind like knowledge of the game and that's i think something that that there is a heavy focus on in Greece and and less so on the fundamentals and we need to balance that out a little bit one one comment i'd like to say about papayanis as an american fan you know with with little knowledge of greek basketball at the time when he was drafted uh first of all the kings i believe the team that took him uh had have had Vlade Divac as their GM. They have a reputation for making poor draft picks. Um, I remember watching him play in the NBA Summer League the year he was picked. Uh, the Summer League, for those who don't know, is basically a preseason shortly after the draft consisting of mostly first and second year players uh, that teams use as sort of a trial phase. Um, and it's, you know, when uh, you are in high school and have nothing else to do, in the summer, you watch the NBA Summer League, uh, as I did. And they would talk about Papayanis, and immediately the perception around him from the American audience was that he was lazy. Um, they had mentioned on, on the broadcast that he had taken a considerable amount of time o- away from basketball and gained some weight, I believe, uh, shortly after being drafted and had come into the Summer League um, out of form. Uh, Manoli, I wonder... Um, because I think a lot of times uh, American people may perceive Greeks to be lazy when then that's a, a poor stereotype that needs to be eradicated. But uh, I wonder, you know, we talked about Papayanis a bit. I know he's not an Olympiakos player, but uh, what, what are your thoughts on him? And, you know, do you think that there was some truth in that in terms of why he didn't work out uh, in, in the NBA? Yeah, I wouldn't say lazy. I wouldn't use this term up. But I believe uh, from uh, also previous uh, years, I don't know if you remember, let's say a Greek player, Eftimis Regias, during the 90s, played for Philadelphia Sixers. He was a great talent. He had won the gold medal uh, with the Greek uh, national team uh, under uh, 18 uh, in uh, 1995 against the USA, having uh, Stefan Marbury. it's not about laziness. I think that Greek, not only Greek players, but also people like me, we get, you know, overexcited sometimes. Players, Greek basketball players are famous. They earn much money when they are young. And they stop working because, you know, they they think that they have already become uh, ready players, which is not true. Uh, players from other countries like uh, Serbia, Croatia, and uh, um, you know, countries with uh, basketball culture like Lithuania, 
uh, they continue to work uh, every year. I, I have seen players uh, getting improved after they are 23 and 24 from these countries. They keep on working and um, on the opposite, most of uh, Greek players, um, despite of uh, non, uh, get, not getting uh, much playing time, they also don't uh, uh, work uh, personally. There are a few players that, uh, you know, after the practice ends, uh, uh, will stay at the court uh, and uh, shoot uh, or make drills uh, for themselves for, and uh, to improve uh, as a person. And those who did it and also had the talent like Spanulis progressed. Unfortunately, in Greek basketball, there are many talents who are getting lost uh, throughout um, time. And uh, this is not good. Uh, thank God Papayanis this year seems uh, better, as Labro said. Uh, uh-huh. He has uh, lost weight. Um, he seems better offensively, for sure. And defensively, okay, defensively, he still has... Uh, some drawbacks, but he's a better player than he used to be during his spell at Sacramento. You mentioned Spanulis, and I think the guy just has a sick mentality. Um, some people have openly said that you know the guy has Kobe mentality, just you know, yeah, Mamba. Michael Jordan type mentality. Yes, you are right. He. From, from you know interviews I've heard of other other players, I think I heard Prides is talking on um, on this other Euroleague podcast. Uh, he said that you know they they go out for coffee or they go to chill after a practice session, and and Spanuli just doesn't stop talking about basketball <laughs> to the point where his teammates just tell him to shut up. Like you know, just like, we 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 live, we breathe basketball, we train basketball. Like, can you just not talk about basketball for five minutes? But the guy can't. He's constantly thinking about basketball, and the yes. guy is. 37, 38 years old, I forget. He's the the leading, he's definitely the leading assist man in the in the Euroleague of all time. Did he break the record now for score for, for points? Is he number one for points as well? He has broken the Euroleague uh, record. And uh, now uh, the next uh, milestone is uh, to break uh, the record uh, for uh, the all-time record about points scored uh, in uh, the top tier, the European camp, also from uh, including Gallis and uh, these players. I have the a feeling record. He, he, he won't retire until he's broken it, probably <laughs> him. But um, b- before we close, I, I, I definitely want to ask you your opinion about you know how you how you see him this year. Um, my, my personal opinion about this issue of whether he should retire or not because I know this is a this is becoming a hot topic in Greece. Mm. I would not like to see Spanulis retire in empty courts. I think um and I think he's earned the right to to call it quits whenever whenever he thinks is the right time. And mm-hmm. I, I have to say that watching him this season, there have been some moments, you know, when he gets the ball and he does that you know, little step fake to the left and goes right and shoots with the shoots the three and you know he he you you wind back the clock and and you think you know he's 
he's he's he's magic like he's still got it mm. but then i see him some other times when he does that thing where he stubbornly gets the ball outside and he dribbles in for the drive and he tries to do that thing where he hangs up in the air for five seconds and then shoots the ball on the way down and you're just like Vasily, you got blocked by two people you're running at <laughs> two people where are you going and you just get frustrated with him and i always try and say take a step back like think i can't say anything to spanulis because spanulis changed our yes. team's so I can never, I give him, I give him stick, but, but I just, I don't agree with some of the people that, you know, in Greece, a lot of people like add that in Malaga, you know, just like go away. Like some people even say he's the cancer of the team. It's like, guys, shut up. Like the, the guy has earned the right to retire when he wants on his terms. He needs to, um, and he deserves to, to go out with, with a full stadium uh, I don't know if he's ever going to win another title again. He said that he wants to go out on a high. I don't think he's going to manage that. But but those are my my thoughts on Vasilis and keen to get yours on on this topic as well. Uh, Spanulis, what can we say about him? He's a living legend, especially for uh, us Olympiacos fans. He changed uh, our destiny. Uh, we love him. Uh, the truth, speaking. Uh, in, in pure basketball terms, uh, he's a 38 to 39 year old player. He had uh, two serious injuries, very serious. He managed to overcome the first one at 100%. Last year, if you remember, he had a terrific season. Unfortunately, once again, he got injured last year. Uh, it's difficult even for a body like Spanulis to be again at 100% like he used to be. It's a combination AIDS, of AIDS and uh, also injuries. He still is the most clutch player we've ever seen. He, as you said, he reads so well basketball. He knows what to do, how to move best than any other player. But his body sometimes doesn't follow, as you say. And not only defense, because, uh, okay, we all know that he tries uh, too hard in defense. And uh, the last few years was a liability on the defense. Okay, but unfortunately this year also, I think, in offense, uh, when he's uh, inside the court, sometimes, you know, the offensive flow is not so so good. You know, maybe the the options, uh, the offensive options are not uh, uh, so good. Uh, and I think um, maybe th that role that um, uh, that it was meant for him to be this year, the backup point guard, was not uh, for him. Maybe. He could be, if he could have someone uh, like uh, a Jenkins type uh, in defense, but with ball handling skills that could be uh, besides him, it would be better for him. Because now Spanulis has also, um, when he plays instead of Slukas, he has also uh, the responsibility to organize the game. Okay, he's the, the main ball handler. And... Uh, it's not easy for him against uh, athletic uh, guards. 
to have the same efficiency like in other years. And also the, the rotation of Lucas Panulis being together is not uh, so effective in defense especially. So I think despite the fact that the, the recruiting was uh, somehow okay this year, uh, considering also the financial standards, maybe this thing that this Panulis Jenkins, this uh, duo is, uh, didn't work out so well, I think. Yeah, it's true. I think you you raise a point that that we amongst ourselves here certainly have have talked about that you know Slukas is playing it seems like 30, 30 minutes a game. Yeah. And whenever he scores more than 20 points we win. But I really wonder how how much he can continue playing at that kind of rhythm. You know, maybe the fact that we're not playing in Greece uh, in the league helps and uh, he's a bit more fresh. Uh but but there's a problem, definitely. When Slukas isn't on the court and uh, yes. Spanoulis is bringing up the ball, you know, we're, we're very predictable. He doesn't have the legs anymore to play the ISO yeah. like you. Right. We always play, we try and play the pick and roll, but then our big man gets double teamed. So then he has to work, work back or, you know, take a shot or drive, uh, which hasn't been working out so great this season. Um, but... Uh, we we need to wrap up, and in, in wrapping up, I just want to ask you um, your thoughts on the upcoming game against Zalgiris in in Lithuania. They are obviously uh, a key competitor for a playoff position. They are, I believe, uh, I think they have the same record as us, so that's eleven yes. wins and nine defeats. Exactly. So it's a huge game uh, going away to Lithuania. Normally, we don't do very well when we go over there. But how do you how do you feel going into the game? As you said, it's a very crucial and difficult game, and uh, it becomes more crucial because uh, we lost uh, the first game against uh, Zalgiris. Uh, and if uh, we lose twice, you understand that uh, uh, possibly it may cost. Uh, uh, at the end, if we have uh, many teams uh, with the same record. Um, it's a team um, uh, that uh, changed uh, its uh, coach from Jasikevicius uh, to Martin Siller. Peter will know him. Uh, he was in the G League, uh, the best manager last year. Uh, and uh, despite this change, uh, Zalgiris uh, uh, has uh, has not lost uh, uh, its uh, let's say its power as a team. Um, uh, plays uh, good basketball, uh, has a nice offensive flow. Um, they have uh, many players who can uh, who can score, like Grigonis. Um, uh, also, World Cup uh, has a, a second uh, good season uh, after last year. Uh, they are a very hard uh, team also um, close to the basket. They have Loverne, Rubit uh, and Hayes. Um, it's uh, a tough game. Uh, we also have uh, um, a game uh, in our backs. Uh, after an overtime with Villarban, uh, um, 
another travel. Uh, I guess, as you said, that uh, we will be tired, uh, and also having Lucas uh, uh, and other players playing uh, so much time. Um, I cannot make a prediction. Uh, we have uh, what I can see is that we have two away games now with Zalgiris and uh, Armani, and we must uh, definitely win one of one of those two. I don't know if it will be in Kaunas or in Milan, but uh, we must uh, get one of these results. I, I think it's just there's no point in actually making predictions on Olympiacos games. I've, yes. I've, I've always said this season that, <laughs> that we are the joy of every neutral basketball fan because you just, yeah. the game always seems to go down to the last shot uh, with, with us. And in all my lifetime that I've watched Olympiacos basketball, uh, in, in Greek we say uh, we become cardiaki, like we just. <laughs> There's a heart attack ready to happen. It's just, it's it's up and down. And we we have this reputation of being a comeback team as well. So we're always on the edge of our seats. And basketball isn't for the faint of heart. It really isn't. Uh, I am more of a football person myself. Um, okay, you can you can get stuck in some dull moments of possession, but it's certainly not as... Um, not as action-packed and up and down as basketball. But let's hope for the best in, in Lithuania. Um, we'll, we'll take the wins wherever we can get them and hope for the best and, uh, and really hope we can make the playoffs. And my last point will be, I do hope that we finish eighth and uh, get matched up with Cheska. We all know how much we love to play them. Uh, in <laughs> Greek, say we have a clientelistic, Pelatiaki. Scarcity, realistic <laughs> relationship with them. So I'd be very happy to play Tesca, even if they've got a scary good team um, this year more than other years. I think Labra wanted to chip in. I wanted to ask: Have you heard of a transfer? We're dying for a five or another guard. We heard the name of Melo Trimble sending us into celebrations in Maryland, <laughs> but. Is there any names? Is there anything maybe coming down or is it too late now? As far as uh, transfer rumors, uh, although I'm not uh, uh, an insider, let's say, um, it seems that um, the team, um, and maybe it was a, the coach's decision, he wanted to test uh, the existing roster until now and... Um, see, let's say, its capabilities. Um, we don't uh, hear for, uh, for a possible transfer. Some names, uh, uh, more like rumors, uh, were heard, like uh, Melo Trimble, as you said, like Andre Balvin uh, at five, who is a seven-footer. Uh, also, Chad Brown from, uh, Greek, uh, from a Greek team, Mesologi, was uh, as a possible uh, transfer target, but he went to Germany. So I don't think that uh, actually the team is in the market. Um, some say that uh, uh, we expect uh, the final evaluation of Papa Nicolaou um, injury because uh, it might be a season-ending injury with a possible surgery. So in this case, I think it would be... Uh, let's say like uh, suicidal not to to have uh, an, a, a boost 
from an extra player also, not only in terms of quality, but also in quantity, because uh, as you can see now with COVID and, uh, uh, you know, Olbiakos being uh, a typical team with many injuries, we could need uh, an extra player uh, uh, either in the backcourt, if Papa Nicolaou will not return, or uh, in the front line with a big guy. As uh, you said previously, we have uh, a big problem in uh, rebounding. We are uh, from the worst teams in this uh, statistical uh, section. So hopefully, uh, I think a, a possible transfer, whatever it is, it will give uh, a boost to our um, campaign for uh, qualifying in the playoffs. It would be very important. I'm just going to chime in with a couple American basketball fan notes before we wrap up. Melo Trimble, we can we can say no to him. Uh, Lambro and I. Peter, what are you talking about? I love Melo Trimble. He can, like, he can stay home. He can stay wherever oh, he is. Oh come on, I'm, dude. I'm all set. I don't need uh, I don't need chucking up shots and you know shooting 25% from the field and you know I've I've seen enough of him. Um, so I'll just say that. Uh, one thing, it's it's funny, Costa, you mentioned like Olympiacos have just been like every game has been down to the wire, especially the wins. Uh, one thing that's that's actually a fun fact about Aaron Harrison, uh, who I believe has had some clutch moments for the team this year. Um, he is best known in the States for when he was playing his college basketball at Kentucky. He was actually one of the top recruits uh, from high school of his year. Yeah. So he was one of the biggest players coming in, along with his twin brother, Andrew. Uh, so they formed the backcourt for Kentucky. And uh, in the, the college tournament, uh, the March Madness NCAA tournament, um, in the quarterfinals and the semifinals, both of those games, Kentucky won. And Aaron Harrison hit the game-winning three, back-to-back mm. games. Uh, it, yeah, both times. And it was... Um, it was a crazy run, and uh, his team went much further than they were expected to uh, in that tournament. They made it all the way to the finals uh, and then unfortunately lost. But anyway, just a fun note about Aaron Harrison from back in mm -hmm. his university days. Um, Manoli, that is going to wrap up all of our content for the day. I just wanted to say again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you made some really good points, and I even learned a lot on the podcast, uh, and we all had a great time. Uh, before we do let you go, I would like to see if uh, you have any social media that you would maybe want the listeners to follow or where they can keep up with anything you're writing or posting. Uh, you can let people know now if you'd like. Uh, as you said, I am um, uh, Manolo Evdomidefta at Twitter. Also for uh, Olympiacos fans and not only for... Uh, for all basketball fans, you can follow the page Red Point Guard. Uh, we are a bunch of lunatics there who write about everything uh, about basketball. We love it very much. And in our free time, uh, we have it, you know, we like it very much. So it's something, uh, if you love something, it's uh, good, I think. And uh, that's the... Also, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, I would like to have players uh, scouted, let's say. So this is uh, the whole story. 
Well, if you scout Mellow Trimble and uh, you you run through any footage of him at, at Maryland, uh, keep an eye out for Lambro and I in the stands because we were probably there. <clears throat> but um, that's great. And uh, yeah, everyone, uh, as Manoli said, head over to Red Point Guard for some basketball content if you're interested. Um, thank you again, Manoli. We had a great time, folks. Uh, thank you all for listening, especially if you've made it this far. If you enjoyed the basketball podcast, uh, give it a share. Tell your friends. If you have any basketball fans, any Greek fans uh, that you think would enjoy, we are testing this out since this is our first time doing it. Uh, you know, if we get a good reception, we'll keep making these episodes maybe every week or every other week. We'll see, uh, you know, how much of a reception we get on them. But, you know, I enjoy doing it. And uh, if people like it, we'll, we'll try to do it more. So we will be back with Parzetterberg this weekend, back to football. And uh, send us your questions, Gate7INTL, on social media if you have a question for him. And until then, enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the game against Zadgiris. And we will see you very soon.